We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's going to do it. The Milwaukee Bucks are 5-0 in this in-season tournament. The only team in Group B to go 4-0 and now 5-0. They're the number one seed in the Eastern Conference half of the bracket. And tonight, they had a remarkable three-point shooting display. Oh boy, I have whiplash after watching that. Holy goodness gracious. Um, Well, the Knicks... Vegas hopes, uh, unfortunately, are dashed um, as they fall to the Milwaukee Bucks by a score of uh, 378 to something. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, they they lose to the Bucks um, by a lot in a game, a final score, 146 to 122. That was uh, deceiving uh, because this was a three-point game at halftime. And I would argue that, well, the Knicks certainly uh, certainly could have played better defense uh, in the first half. Uh, you probably make the argument they played even better defense. They played better defense in the second half, even though it didn't make a difference. We could talk about the defense in the first half and whether or not uh, them giving up certainly some open looks to the Bucks kind of led to them having what was... Uh, I'll say it, the greatest three-point shooting performance I've ever seen in a basketball game. Uh, I'll get back to that in a minute. Uh, but like the, I thought the Knicks on balance outplayed the Bucs, um, especially given the talent of the respective teams and like no no shade on anybody on the Knicks, but like Dame Lillard and Giannis are still both arguably top 10 players. Very, I mean, Giannis certainly is. Dame is, is right there if he's not there still. Um, and I thought the Knicks... All things considered, again, considering the talent especially, I thought the Knicks played the better game in the first half. And they were only down by three, despite the fact that they had three three-point field goals. I think they were three of 11 at halftime. Um, and the Bucks at the half were... I wrote it down somewhere. Uh, it, a lot. They were hitting like 70% from three. That's not even a joke. They were hitting, I think it was 70% or in the high 60s. And so going into the second half of this game, I'm like, all right, Bucks are going to come back down to earth because they have to come back down to earth. Knicks keep playing well. Julius keeps doing what he's doing. We're going to get back to Julius in a bit. This feels like a game that we should be, at the very least, be able to be in 
down the stretch. We were we were doing good things in transition, pushing the pace every opportunity they got, scoring um, you know a fair amount of easy buckets on the Bucks that way. I thought their approach in terms of I, I know they weren't taking a lot of threes, which is something the Knicks have done all year, but they were getting good stuff inside. They were getting good looks, and then it was just kind of gradual from there, where the Bucks I think stepped up their defense a little bit. Um, you know, and they didn't stop missing from deep. And what was a three point game at halftime turned into a 13 point game going into the fourth quarter. And then the bench unit, and we'll get back to the bench unit in a bit, didn't really have it. And by the time the, you know, the starters came back in, like that was kind of all she wrote. And it was, you know, the Bucks were pushing, 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 and then they finally kind of broke it open and went up by 20 and, and that was it. But, um, you know, DJ just said before we signed off the live stream on YouTube, the watch along, uh, this is kind of a game you, th- you throw out. You know, look, Tib- I'm sure Tibbs is going to show them some of the coverages in the first half that led to some of the open three pointers. But at the same time, I-, I have to agree because, yeah, you gave up some open threes in the first half. Yeah, that helped the Bucks get into a rhythm. There have been. Uh, how many NBA basketball games played since the three point line was introduced uh, back in the what late, very late seventies or like around 1980. Um, This is per Tim Bontemps. This is the fourth time in NBA history, fourth time in NBA history that a team hit at least 23 three pointers in a game and shot at least 60% from deep. That is absolute insanity and as the game kept kept going um like the as i said the next defense actually improved i thought in the second half like and the bucks were just just not missing um it was insane it was the most it was i like i said i've never seen a three point shooting performance like this tip your cap this is why you trade Drew Holiday and uh, the rest of your remaining draft equity for Damian Lillard because putting Damian Lillard on the same team as Giannis Antetokounmpo and shooters that like you really need to honor, you know, like you have like Middleton, um, obviously uh, Beasley who gives it a lot back on the defensive end, but like man, you that that's a guy that strikes fear into your heart from behind the three point line. Uh, and you know Lopez usually could knock down enough threes. He's probably the second best stretch big in that respect to Porzingis uh, in terms of guys you really kind of do have to guard. And Portis makes his fair share. And then when you got guys who I you know like AJ Green, I always thought AJ Green was a football player. Apparently not. You know making threes and uh, Bochamp and campaign and like you you know it's like you tip your cap. Like th- this team, this is why they did this. They force you to make impossible choices on the defensive end. And every choice the Knicks made tonight was wrong. And uh, they paid for it. And they, they eventually kind of ran out of gas. I mean, th- they ended this game with 122 points. And I would argue that they had one player, one player who had a... a Really above average offensive game. Um, actually, just look it up and look at it. I would just forget. It, really, they had one player who had an above average offensive game. Now, 
I want to talk about that player for a second because this was well, way more than above average. Um, Julius Randle, 41 points on 14 of 19 shooting, took two threes, made both of them. If there is one thing that comes out of this game moving forward that I, if I could pray for it, I, I mean, if this is the game that gets Julius maybe going right from deep, it'll be worth a, a, a loss double this amount. Because if he gets going from three, then this offense reaches another level. Again, only two shots made both of them. Julius Randle, I think, played the best half of basketball I've seen him play as Nick in the first half. He was utterly unstoppable. He was 9-9 from the field. He didn't miss a free throw. He made some nice passes. Like You could say he tapered off a little bit in the second half, but not by much. Like He was awesome in the second half. Like When they were really fighting to stay in this game in the third quarter... Like he finally missed some shots. I think he maybe had a turnover or two in there in the third, but like he was, he, I mean, you cannot say enough about him. And I'm sure we're going to get a lot of super chats about him, but like, I get it. His lows are probably lower than anyone in, in terms of frustration and in terms of like, man, this isn't a talent thing. This is an effort thing. And that's what makes them so frustrating. But everybody always has bouquets upon bouquets for everybody else when they put up games in the same area code as the type of game that Julius Randle put up tonight. So I I would politely request everybody keep that same energy for his game because, again, and it was a guy people have conf- conflicted emotions about and conflicted relationship with. You're not going to see a better basketball game from a Nick this year. You're just not. Um, he was that good. He was unstoppable. And by the way, I thought he brought it on both ends. Like, it, it, did he stop Giannis? Obviously not, because when Giannis is going like this, nobody can stop Giannis. But he, he had some. He had some moments. He was giving it his all out there. I thought on defensive end. Um. I uh, I just can't say enough good things about Julius Randle. It is why, like the notion of them trading this guy for peanuts is like, or or like for like a lesser ceiling player, or like a you know kind of a more of a plug and play guy, and like not like a star. Like they're never going to do it. They're just not, and they shouldn't because you live with the floor because this is the ceiling, and when the ceiling is as good. You know, and like, I'm sure there are people out there who'd be like, yeah, great. Julius had the best game of the season. They still lost by a billion. Has nothing to do with Julius Randle. Zero. Nada. Nothing. Um, And again, and that's because nobody else came to play. And I don't want to hear, uh, oh, Julius was hogging the ball. Took nine shots in the first half. He didn't take 15 shots in the first half or 20 shots. Took nine shots. And nobody else was going. And nobody else was going in the second half either. Like, I don't want to turn this kind of negative because again, historic three-point shooting performance, which like you can you can only blame so much on the Knicks defense. And it is what it is, but like nobody else really showed up tonight. I thought Josh Hart had a nice game. Uh Brunson was was fine for him, maybe a little bit less than fine. Like again, the the standards for Brunson are now at an all NBA level because I'm expecting him to make an all NBA team to say nothing about an all-star team. So given that standard, 0 of 5 from deep, 
You know, he was 10 to 17 inside the arc. That was pretty good. Made some really tough shots. Good looks. Uh, six assists, three turnovers. You know, they picked on on defense in the first half. Um, certainly not his best game. You know, again, fine. Josh Hart was pretty good. After that, like, I like I know RJ finished 23 points on 7 of 18 shooting. That shooting line doesn't sound that bad. It, I, I mean, I guess it's not. Got to the line... What six times? Eight times. Made all eight. Good. Good for him. Got to the line eight times. Made all eight. That's important. That's that's meaningful. Hashtag meaningful. This is not a good RJ game. His his shots. <laughs> some of those shots were just not close, and they were not good attempts. They were poor attempts, given the likelihood of them being made or missed. And sure enough, a lot of them were missed. And um. The Bucks were kind of daring him to like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna dust our guy one on one, go for it. And he was rarely able to do it. And they also need him to get the three pointer back. He 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 made that one garbage time three at the end, but he took three threes before that, missed them all. Some of them didn't look good. Uh didn't love the game from RJ. Not to be outdone quickly. Um, you know, I'm here ragging on Barrett. Quickly was one of seven in this game. Quickly did nothing. He got the line four times also, made all four. Okay. I would say this is up there with the one or two most underwhelming quickly games of the year. I mean, certainly can't praise his defense because you can't praise anybody's defense tonight. <clears throat> um, Really, really underwhelming quickly game. And actually, I'll at least give RJ some credit. Again, the, the getting to the line eight times, I mean it. it that, that mattered. Like that was a that was a part of I thought what they did well tonight, drawing fouls. And yeah, there were some frustrating takes from RJ. The misses from three were frustrating. Quickly was a zero. A zero tonight. And how rare like how many times over the last year or two years, three since he's been drafted, would you watch an Emmanuel Quickly game and be like, he was a zero? You could count those nights on two hands. He was a zero tonight. And it needs to be said because like big stakes, right? Big stakes. Randall showed up. Brunson like kind of showed up. Hart showed up. Um, Barrett, eh, quickly, eh. You know, like, and, and, and I thought the last important portion of the game was there in the fourth quarter. They were scrapping and clawing. Quick had a wide open look from the corner, bricked, and two good looks at the one good look at the rim and one really good look at the rim or like short mid range. One was at the rim, one was short mid range. You missed all of them, you know? So, really rough game for Emmanuel quickly, uncharacteristically so, which is why I don't want to kill him. But like, um, uh, Hardenstein uh, was, was, was okay. He was certainly the better of the two centers. And I, I'm I'm not going to kill this guy because he's been the Knicks' second or third best player this year, probably their second best player this year after Brunson so far through 20 games. This was, I think, this was Mitchell Robinson's worst game of the season. With all due respect to the couple of games against Boston, um, to say that Mitch was underwhelming tonight would be a gross understatement. He was, I mean, same same as quickly, kind of non-existent. Um, didn't factor into the game plan really at all. 
from an offensive rebounding standpoint, from like they couldn't use him on offense. Like again, Hardenstein, he could toss the ball to and feel like he could like drive the lane. You don't have that same confidence in it. So I, I guess long story short, it's a weird game because like, again, Bucks were historically good. Randall was awesome. Brunson was fine. Nobody else really did anything that worth writing home about a lot of your usual really strong performance had outright bad games. And so like, yeah, it's an in-season tournament game. Yeah, it's embarrassing to lose by a million points on national TV. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of the fucking same old takes. I'm not someone who ever cares about those takes. I feel badly for those people that do because if you pay attention to this shit, you're going to get a lot of it tonight. If you know, Um, I love that Andrew just typed that into the chat. Andrew just typed into the chat. Maybe I missed it. Did you mention Grimes? No, I didn't mention Quentin Grimes. He goes, Quentin Grimes. <laughs> it's like, he's like, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm usually attentive. I was doing some stuff. Did, and he, then did he play tonight? I, yes. Kind of, yeah. 18 no, I, minutes. That's you know? mean. His, his defense on, his defense on Dame was like the best shot they had. Yes. But you're playing four on five on the other end. Not saying much. Yeah. Uh, it's I was gonna mention him. I promise I was gonna mention him. I just kind of got sidetracked. Um and by DiVincenzo was like whatever. He, he, he was he's been really good of late. Um I didn't think DiVincenzo was that bad. But no, yeah, Grimes uh, the Grimes thing, like I, again, it's been happening. They've been winning despite it. Um they don't need Grimes to do a lot on the offensive end. Um most of the time. Tonight, you needed everything. And so the nothing that he's been giving you stood out more tonight, certainly, Um, especially since you needed his defense. This was a Quentin Grimes game. You needed him to make Dame's life hard. And when he's just a non-entity out there on the offensive end, you know, it's like you like it's you're choosing from two, two, two bowls of shit. Um, you neither option's great. Like take out take out my best perimeter defender or leave him in and then try to keep up with this monstrosity of an offense that is just just making everything and scoring at will. It so yeah. I don't know. Um I feel bad. I, I, I really didn't want to have the, the negative energy that I just did for the last five minutes because again, historic shooting performance. But I thought even with that. There was a way for them to be in this game until the fourth. They just couldn't get anybody else to support certainly Julius to a lesser extent, Bronson and Hart. And again, I thought David Chenzo was okay. Like that's, I think you better get used to that closing lineup or that lineup playing big minutes because they, they, I think they're they're good and they and they won't there's not many teams that are going to be able to exploit the fact that that is a tough defensive lineup to it, it's not a great defensive lineup um like the Bucks do. That's the last thing I'll say. Like DiVincenzo Hart, Brunson Julius, Mitch, at the very least you have Hart point of attack defense <clears throat> And you have Mitch at the backstop tonight. You're in a Mitch and like, you know, one, one perimeter guy wasn't making a difference. So, yep, that's all I got. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Andrew, anything else before we get to Super Chats? I just have one question for you. And sure. I mean, you've been following, I mean, you've been watching this team obviously as intently as any of us over the last couple of years. And we know that Fred brought up to our attention the 20 game mark as the potential for changes. This wow. was game number 20. So what do you think? I know the, the lineup data thing is a thing and that starting five unit plus minus has gotten smaller and smaller. Um, do you think anything changes? Not before no. the Celtics game or before the Celtics game? No, I don't think it changes. No, I, I don't think it changes. I think a couple things. Like, so the four, four they obviously changed Fournier earlier than the 20 game mark last year, but that's because Fournier, like the, the complete vibe with the team was off. He's obviously not a good defensive player and he was shooting like 25% or 30% or something obscenely low. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't hitting shots. Like, Grimes, I'm pretty sure even after this game, maybe after this game, it brings him just below it. He went into tonight with an effective field goal percentage over 50. He did. Which is not something like, you know, just to throw a name out there. It's not something RJ Barris would ever been able to say. And he's not, he can't say it this year because he's well below that line. Um, so, but the, but the thing with Grimes and what makes it such a different situation is because he, is playing the role he does even just as a guy that is going to prevent the potential help defender from helping off of him and digging in on whether it's Brunson or Randall or RJ that in and of itself is enough value to add to the starting offense where what he brings on the, on the defensive end. It's like, it's, it's, I don't even think it's a, it's a question like, they're twelve and eight. Their defensive rating is gonna is gonna get like torpedoed, but like they're still gonna be actually tonight. They may have they may climb in the offensive rating rankings tonight. So there's a chance they may wake up tomorrow and be top ten in both offense and defense. Like they're they're gonna be what sixth and or at worst seventh in net rating tomorrow morning. Like the team is good. They're doing fine. So no reason to change anything. All right. I figured it had to be asked. Let's get to this. It's, it's a, I, it's a fair question, I guess, but like, no, I don't see. It. All right. See, what we got uh, Dom Capuchini. Is it a correct silver lining to say that 
while the offense will say look good, the defense won't be likely half as bad again, judging from what we've seen prior to tonight. Um, I think that's a that's a Bucks thing. Yes, I agree with you. I, I don't think the defense is going to look this bad. I think I think it's fair to say the Bucks have a higher offensive ceiling than any team in the league. With maybe with the exception of Denver. It's a toss-up. You know, it's a toss-up because the theory was that you were going to have... It's not just an unguardable pick-and-roll combination. It's a pick-and-roll combination that can't be switched. Like, there's... Are there two players in the league that could switch a Damianis pick-and-roll combination? If that... They're, they haven't really even gone to that yet. And, like, as a combo, it makes so much sense. Individually, they're brilliant. And then when you surround them with these shooters, like this team hasn't given a fuck on defense all year. I'm talking about the Bucks, and they're going to wake up tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, and I don't know what their what's their record going to be. It's very good, right? Um, so I don't. I don't think. I don't think you take tonight and like draw any serious conclusions about the Knicks defense. Um, You know, I do. If you take Mitch out of the equation, if, if Mitch is not having his regular impact on the pick and roll, which is the foundation of every offense in the NBA, that does take a lot of the wind out of their sails. And he does not have that same impact against <laughs> it's only two teams, but it just so happens to be the two teams that you're going to have to go through. If you want to do anything in the Eastern conference over the next two years, uh, in all likelihood, which is Boston and, and Milwaukee. So like, is that a bit of a problem? Yeah, I guess it's a bit of a problem. Um, but listen, those are, those are first world problems, I guess. Uh, be more coy. Uh, I realized, by the way, as I was listening to XJ and DJ, who did a phenomenal job on the post game the other night, I, you you'd made comments before, and I was like, "Be more Corey." I, I I was like, I made like a joke about the name. It didn't it didn't hit me that it was Baltimore Corey because I'm an idiot and I'm not very bright. So Baltimore Corey, um, stop watching three minutes into the fourth. Great win or crushing loss. This was one of those games where I didn't think anyone played particularly bad. Um, I'll agree to disagree a little bit. I, I again, it's it's the two worst performances for me were Mitch and quickly, and those I I just I'm going to do probably maybe not tomorrow, but the next day I'll do the. Uh, Nick's Film School newsletter stars standings through uh, 20 games. Or maybe I did. No, I did them. Sorry. I did them already. Um, And Mitch was second and quickly was third. So like after Brunson, they've been, in my estimation, the second and third best players on the season. So like for them to have relatively poor games. And again, it's like it's relative, you know, so like this is the about as bad as you'll see them ever play. And like in comparison to other people's worst, it's actually not as that bad for them. It's bad at least this year. 
Thanks, Baltimore, Corey. Uh, Dom with another one. Thanks again, Dom. It's not the loss that really bothers me. It's the blowout. It's been a while since we've seen that deficit. Oh, well, guess no, no town hall tomorrow. No, we're doing town hall tomorrow. Come on. Uh, oh, I think he was confused my fault. about the this schedule. Is my fault. What? Okay. What? Because for the last two days on whether it be the uh, pregame pod or the um, the study hall, I've been saying oh, that yeah. if, they if they lose, lose they play, they play Wednesday. Yeah. So I apologize to everybody. The Knicks don't play again until Friday. We currently have no programming on Wednesday night because I left it open just in case. So there will be a town hall for all of our Monroe and Ewing tier patrons tomorrow at 830 Eastern. Um, there will also be casual Friday on Thursday. So, oh, well, on Friday, you know what I mean there. And a pregame pod for the Boston game, which is Friday night, not Wednesday, Friday night. I apologize. That's on me. And it's I'll be better for the future. I apologize. Um, <clears throat> um, I forget what we were saying. Uh, oh, the blowout. Yeah, it, it's 50, 60% from three. That's all you gotta say. Don't let it bother you. Like, even with the poor performances that I just went through, which are annoying, they, if the Bucks shoot, you know, 45% from three in this game, this is absolutely a game in the last five minutes. So, don't, don't let that bother you. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Uh, Russ Guberman, nothing you could do um, in an NBA game where your opponent shoots 60% from three. Yeah, I agree. Now everyone fill out your orange Julius apology letters. Mine's in the mail. Yeah, I like it. But listen, if there's one guy who probably deserves an apology letter or two, not that he hasn't earned the, the criticism, but man, it, he, he is the guy. Here's the difference, right? Here's the difference between him and everybody else on this team. Everybody else, the when it's less than great or outright bad, the the amount of people who pile on compared to the amount of people who support is low. Whereas with Julius, when the when there's the bad going on, everybody like the the pool. Like there is no more pool. There's no more water in the pool because everybody got in the pool. There's no more water. Um, and so in that respect, I do think like when he has games like this, it's like, man, at least recognize that I mean the dude's a special talent. Absolutely special. And they've won with him too. Um, Anthony Sixto. Wish we did more to create looks from three sooner. Um, they were outmathing us. One positive, Randall doing what he did versus Lopez, Portis, and Giannis was impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, I, look, I think they were taking what the defense gave them. Like, Brunson is on scouting reports now. Teams are not going to let him pull up. Um, and suddenly, you got RJ shooting without like he's not he's not making threes. Grimes is not shooting with any confidence. So all of a sudden now in the starting lineup, it's like it's a little bit easier to defend them from three. And then with the backup group, it's like, you know, you got DiVincenzo. Okay. 
quickly clearly wasn't. And, and by the way, they were forcing quickly off the line too tonight. They were absolutely forcing quickly off the line because he's another one. If you look at his three point uh, pull up percentage, teams are going to be like, man, I don't, I don't know if that's how we want to lose this game. Let's see what he could do on the inside. And the Bucks trusted their interior defense and quickly did not answer the bell. Um, so I, I didn't have as big of an issue with that. I, again, I thought you, you you give you play into what the defense gives you. And like again, they scored 119 points. We have some Quentin Grimes comments. Yes. So from Stefan Bondi of uh, why am I blanking where Bondi's from? From the He's New York with Post now. Okay, from Stephen Bondi from the New York Post. Quentin Grimes was oh, openly, yeah. openly frustrated with his role just now. Said it's tough to find a rhythm when he rarely touches the ball, stands in the corner, and gets subbed out after missing one shot. Um, also from Kristen Winfield of uh, yeah, uh, the Daily News. Quentin Grimes says he feels like if he misses a shot, he's getting pulled from the game. Every shot I shoot feels like it probably weighs 100 pounds. I mean, that's awful. That's awful. Whether that's accurate or not, I mean, he's the accurate part is he's not seeing the ball. But like, this is one of those things where I mean, obviously, Obi. Ne- I don't know if Obi ever said this as much, not but publicly, everybody always no. thought that. Yeah. Um, I don't know that this is the spot for Grimes to be, because here's what this says to me. This says to me that Quentin Grimes is hearing everything that everybody's saying. Because if Quentin Grimes was not hearing everything that everybody's saying and hearing the calls for him to be removed from the starting lineup, and my guess is it's more like people in his circle talking to him and being like, "This is fucked up. What's this? Is, like, what's going on? You're getting piled on. This is not your fault." Yada yada yada. If it was not for that and him very much tuning into that, this would not be the response. You know, even like I thought it was very interesting today. JJ Reddick goes on uh, Zach Lowe's podcast and they're talking about not the Knicks at all. They're talking about they're having just like a general conversation about um, players who it's like just drive and kick. Like there's a lot of drive and kick going on right now as opposed to, you know, stepping into like other types of shots. And wouldn't you know, JJ Reddick mentions on the pod like, how about Quentin Grimes? Quentin Grimes is only taken to, you know, isn't getting to the line so much this year because what is he being told? He's being told, like, you, if you don't have the shot, you drive and you kick. And it was just very interesting to me. Like, again, somebody who's clearly worked with Grimes, clearly in Grimes' corner, coming to Grimes' defense amidst, amidst what? Like, yeah, there's some Knicks fans out there who are like, Quentin Grimes is a problem. Like, nobody's really saying that. Like, nobody matters. No offense if you're one of the people watching this and saying that, but like it's not a fucking thing. The Knicks starting lineup has a great net rating. It works. It functions wonderfully. So this is clearly to me a case of Quentin Grimes' inner circle getting to him, and the frustration has boiled over. And again, I don't blame him. He's a twenty. What is he? Twenty three? Something like that. Yeah. Third year player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think you think the world's falling? Um, I'm sure he does, but. This is why I think you should have an extra amount of respect for Emmanuel Quickly, certainly, and Obi Toppin, two guys who had all the reasons of the world over the course of their first years here um, to gripe openly. I mean, Emmanuel Quickly, my God, some of the with the Alec Burks thing and then the whole like never griped Obi Toppin, my God, never griped openly, 
Um, I'm again, I'm not saying he's wrong. Not saying he's wrong to feel the way he feels. Again, I don't tell people how to feel, Andrew. But this is not a great look. I'm just going to say that. It's not a great look for me. It's not a great look. Um, I'm having a hard time not seeing the human here. Like, the guy's in his third year. There's a lot that's happened with guys that have played instead of him succeeding. And he spent all offseason working with J.J. Redick. He was the number one person on everyone's mind coming into the season. Oh, he's John, he's every, one person how many, on a lot of people's minds. John, how many pods did we do? How are they going to get more shots I, for Quentin Grimes? Like that's That was the number one topic. of like, And you, the thing was like, I don't know where the shots are going to come from. And here yes. we are. The same problem exists. He's feeling it now after a tournament game. And he's having a very human, frustrating moment. He just saw Josh Hart say something to the media days ago in a very human moment that he's frustrated with his role. And he's now getting it off his chest, too. I am choosing to agree with you. This is just not productive in any way. But I'm understanding where the human is coming from. Totally. Seeing seeing humanity is not one of my strong suits. Um, the only thing I will say... What? Well, just you, you're right. Like it's a bad look. Like no, but I, this I, is I what just, happens. I just I don't know. Like the the one thing we do know happened with Obi is he tried to fight his coach after a playoff game. We didn't find <laughs> out about it until yeah. like months later. Well, spoiler alert: you guys didn't find out about it until months later. But like we found out about it, and it was squashed next day in practice. Like you don't know what Grimes is gonna feel tomorrow if he's like, man, I, I'm just playing poorly. I didn't. I, I may be frustrated with my role, but I wish I didn't say that to the media the next day. He's having a very tough third year in the league. And the thing that's interesting, though, it. to me is he the reason why he feels like he's getting, he might get pulled if he misses a shot is because of the talent on this team. And because of the amount of players they have who can very aptly step into his role and like not play that level of defense. Um, and like, again, I'll go back to it. I really don't think there's a bigger supporter on this team of, of Quentin Grimes on this team than Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. Like we, we, we heard reports. We read reports. I don't know if they were accurate. Completely, but like there were reports out there that like, hey, if Tibbs could either give up RJ or give up Grimes, he'd rather keep Grimes. Tibbs freaking loves Grimes. He's talked up Grimes. He's the reason Grimes. He's the reason Grimes is here. I was gonna say you want to talk about reporting. Fred has said several times on this show that Tibbs was very much. We got to go get Grimes. We need Grimes. The Your Own Weitzman article that talked about draft night. Like he he wanted wanted Quentin Grimes on this team, you know, and. I mean, the first chance he got last season, he put him in the starting five and it caused a downturn for Evan Fournier in the rotation. Eventually, well, he was going to downturn for right. But like, that's what I'm saying. First chance he got. And Grimes if it wasn't in for, for the Evan injury, Fournier, despite the contract, Grimes is in the rotation, despite some, let's call it productive minutes from Cam Reddish to start the year. Not meaningful, just productive. productive and yeah. like. Grimes earned a real role on this team. And look, I asked the change the question about the change 20 games in because like it, it's 20 games and Grimes is 
it joining Club Trillion a lot of nights. And you're right. They have a very productive net rating. Their effective field goal percentage could be better, but that starting five is a net positive. I don't think that matters to Quentin Grimes right now, which obviously can be frustrating to a fan hearing it, but I recognize that there is a business aspect and he is having a very tough third year. Well, again, he's going into his extension negotiation summer and he just saw, I've mentioned this before. He just saw quickly knock on a contract Mm -hmm. and that's fucking Emmanuel quickly who was awesome last year. So, you know, the notion that the Knicks are just going to open up their wallet um, and like he's in a real like, look, he's in a dicey play. We love Quentin Grimes here at Knicks Film School. Benji Ritholtz, who knows more Mm. about basketball than anybody doing what we do right now. Like, I've never I, I don't think he believes in anybody as much as he believes in Quentin Grimes. But like he's in a real dicey place here where right now in a nine man rotation, he is very clearly number nine. You want to maybe say Isaiah Hardenstein's close, but like whatever. He's he's on the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to the the guys who actually are asked to to shoot and make baskets. Um it's an interesting place to be. That's all. Yeah. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep the show going. Yeah. Uh, Zach Halilovic, find me a game where a team that shoots over 60% from three loses. Needle in a haystack. Well, you're not going to find many because there aren't that many. <clears throat> Thanks, Zach. Uh, Dom Cappuccini, I'm actually glad they play tomorrow. Uh, well, they don't play tomorrow. They play Friday. Um, I am not looking forward to the uh, heckling tomorrow. And I told you so. The sooner this goes on the back burner, the better. Night all. I think people will move again. Yes. Dom, yeah. I'm sorry. There's no game tomorrow. It's Friday. There will be plenty of I told you so's. Frank Miranda is in the super chat. I'm sure he'll be at the town hall tomorrow. Sure. I'm sorry. The game is Friday, not tomorrow. We'll see you at the town hall. For what it's worth, I did lay this out in the newsletter this morning. Um, listen, just let's. I don't think anyone's going to be spending a whole lot of time killing the Knicks. I think all of your sports talk tomorrow, if that's what you choose to spend your time listening to is going to be focused on Bucks Pacers and whoever wins this Laker Suns game versus uh you know uh who are the Pelicans. Um I don't think people are gonna spend a lot of time talking about the Knicks. It's my guess. When what what did you say? You you laid it out in the newsletter this morning? The what happens if they win versus what happens if they lose. You know what I found out when the game was Friday? When I read the yeah. newsletter this morning. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I had already recorded and edited it. and published. Sorry. 
And I was like, oh, I just misled our entire audience. So I apologize, everybody. The game is it on happens. Friday. It happens. Sri, what's going on, Sri? Um, Milwaukee's our worst matchup in the league. Um, I'll get back to that one in a second. I feel like we have to we have a shot against any team but them. I don't feel like this game is indicative of our ceiling. Oh, I don't. I don't feel like it either. Other than the fact that you're going to need to go through this version of the Bucks to do anything in the East, probably for a few years. Um, are they their worst matchup? You know what? They might be. <laughs> Just. I don't know. Minnesota's pretty rough now with the with the with the length they have on defense. Um, Minnesota's pretty rough, but I would go Milwaukee. Sure. Castle focus. What's going on, Ja? Uh, thanks for all uh, chiming in at halftime, and then uh, your contributions during the the watch along. If you if you find me. By this game that Randall uh, would have 41, Brunson 24, RJ 23, and the Knicks would finish with 122. I would probably book my two tickets to Vegas. Disappointing. It happens. But again, they we know that certain guys could have played better. And uh, again, the the defense, the the threes, the threes, not even the defense, the threes from Milwaukee. That's what it is. Juanan. Chances are Ninkapoop owner overreacts and forces Leon to make a move following this game. Uh, no way Droopy Dog isn't mad we aren't playing in the sphere. Old Dolan is going scorched earth. I would be very surprised if that happened. I think those I think those days of Dolan are are done. But yeah. I hope at least. Um Stevens Guillaume, we have to play Milwaukee and Boston. How many more times? Yeah, I know. It's like and the the worst part of it is, is like one of the, the Milwaukee the Christmas the December 23rd and then Christmas it's a back to back and they're both at home I think Um, where it's like okay well I, I are they going to get one of those? I, I hope so. Team's a bear, man. They're a freaking bear to play, and they're they're just hitting their stride, which is what made that first loss, the the original loss, the the loss in Game Six, so frustrating. And I said it then. I said this team's going to figure it out, and once they figure it out and they get rolling, Boston, I I think we, you know, with Porzingis in there, makes it harder. I hope. I mean, I'd be great if Porzingis didn't play on Friday, but I expect him to. Rob Delusman, what's going on, uh, Rob? Sub Macri and our man Andrew. Someone has to convince me how our starting shooting guard scoring zero points is a good thing. Much love to you guys. Yeah, no, obviously it's not a good thing. Obviously it's not a good thing. Look, it, it is now with with Grimes' comments, it is elevated to where it. Whereas it was a thing amongst Nick's Twitter, we're we're now at the point where like. It, like people around the league are going to notice these comments, obviously. Um, I'm sure teams are going to start picking up the phone and be like, hey, that Quentin Grimes kid who looked like he was going to, he was on his way to being like a, a $20 million a year, three and D 
player. Um, you still want to hang on to him? <laughs> you know? And like, this is where agents get involved and like Grimes is in CAA. Um, I know people don't, don't, some people don't care about that, but like, you know, it, I wouldn't be shocked if his representation maybe was, was intrigued by the idea of him perhaps going elsewhere at some point. I just, I, not that I know anything, but like, would it shock you? So yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not great right now. And they have to figure it out because regardless of what I said before that, like the starting lineup can still function fine and oftentimes very good even if Grimes is like in this place that he's in, it's just not, it's not good. doesn't feel good. It's not a good, it's just, it's, it's not good. So I don't know what that means to me. The, the by far the easiest solution is like they come out against Boston or maybe at, at Toronto or whatever, a game very soon where it's like, guys, we're getting Quentin 10, 10 point attempts tonight. And he's not coming out until he takes 10 threes. I don't know. That would that would be my suggestion. Uh Jasso focused. Portis Bo Champagne and checks notes. AJ Green shot a combined eight of twelve from three. The Knicks as a team couldn't outshoot their bench. That says everything. Yeah, this is one of the I, I mean, I I didn't harp on this. I should have. It's a bad job by me burying this. The Knicks this season have been one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league, both on accuracy and on volume. They were they came into this game ninth in accuracy and eleventh uh, in terms of frequency. They were seven to twenty-three tonight, and they and for the relevant portion of the game, they were worse than that. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, McBride hit a garbage time three, so they were six of twenty-two. Before that, and I feel like there was maybe another late three that was kind of garbagey. Uh, they they were, this was horrendous from from deep for the Knicks. Thanks, Joe. Zach Halilovic, seventy six percent from three before garbage time. It's insanity. Insanity. It's wild. Never seen anything like it. Team shot a free throw percentage number from three. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com